The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Good morning, White Sox fans. This is your Sox Machine White Sox wake-up call for Thursday, May 26th, 2022. I'm Josh Nelson. After an embarrassing 16-3 loss on Tuesday night, Lucas Giolito was trying to avoid the disaster his teammate Dylan Cease fell into by getting boat raced early against the Boston Red Sox. Opposing Giolito on the mound was crafty lefty Rich Hill. So at least on paper, the advantage leaned to the White Sox way. But after the first 42 games of 2022, we have learned not to be too optimistic. In the first inning, Boston struck first as Giolito struggled to find the strike zone. After J.D. Martinez singled and Xander Bogarts walked, Alex Verdugo hit a duck snort single to left field to plate Martinez. Giolito was able to limit the damage to just one run. In the second inning, the Red Sox had two base runners on. But Giolito struck out Enrique Hernandez and Rafael Devers hit a deep drive to center field, but Adam Engel was there to make the catch on the warning track. In the third inning, the Red Sox had two base runners on again, but with nobody out. Giolito on the first pitch to Verdugo got him to fly out to left field, facing the hottest hitter on the planet, Trevor Story. Giolito was the benefactor of a nifty defensive play by Yohan Makata to turn the 5-3 double play as he fielded Story's grounder down the third baseline just in time before it fell into foul territory. In the fourth inning, the Red Sox had two base runners on again, but all Rafael Devers could muster was a high infield pop-up as Giolito avoided giving up any runs. It wasn't until the fifth inning when Giolito finally went 1-2-3, getting a ground out at back-to-back strikeouts. With his pitch count getting close to the century mark, Giolito grinded out another inning by going 1-2-3 in the sixth. It's not a pretty final line for Lucas Giolito, but he finished the night throwing 101 pitches to cover six innings, allowed five hits, just one earned run, walked four, and struck out seven. Giolito's season ERA drops to 2.63. Meanwhile, Rich Hill had the White Sox hitters confused, getting batters to strike out looking on 88-mile-per-hour fastballs, and nobody could time his mid-70s curveball. In the first four innings, Reese McGuire was the only White Sox batter to reach against Hill as he drew a walk. A no-hitter was in the works going into the fifth inning. Now, during this time... 
I'm pedaling on my Peloton bike, playing a little game to see how many miles I could rack up before the White Sox score a run. Usually, I like to think it'd be like five miles before the White Sox score. Not last night. I was already at 20 plus miles entering the fifth inning. Jose Abreu led it off with a double down the right field line to break up the no-hitter, which was Abreu's 10th two-bagger of the season. Then A.J. Pollock hit a grounder to third base, which is disappointing because it wasn't going to move Abreu up 90 feet into scoring position, but Devers didn't make a good throw to first base. It pulled Franchi Cordero off the bag, and Pollock reached on an error. With runners on first and second with nobody out, it was Jake Berger's turn. Hill got ahead 0-2, but decided to drop down in his throwing motion to flip a slider against Berger. It's a crafty veteran move, but the young Berger was not fooled. He smashed Hill's slider for a three-run homer that traveled 444 feet. That was Jake Berger's third home run of the season and gave the White Sox a 3-1 lead. Boston put more pressure on the White Sox in the seventh inning. Aaron Bummer started the bullpen bridge, getting to Liam Hendricks. First facing Jackie Bradley Jr. and Enrique Hernandez, and he got both of them out. But Rafael Devers singled the center field to bring the game-tying run to the plate, which was J.D. Martinez. Manager Tony Russa opted to go to Kendall Graveman out of the bullpen to face Martinez, which is the correct call. Graveman did not pitch well. If you remember, his last appearance, he gave up a game-tying home run to Aaron Judge this past weekend. Graveman gave up a single to Martinez and then walked Xander Bogarts on four pitches. Suddenly, the bases were loaded. Now, it was Alex Verdugo's turn to bat, and this time, Bennett Souza was hustling to warm up in the bullpen, but he wasn't ready to go, so it was up to Graveman. Graveman settled down and got Verdugo to ground out to Josh Harrison at second base, ending the threat. Bottom half of the inning, the White Sox had a two-out rally with the bottom of the order. Reese McGuire and Josh Harrison hit back-to-back singles, setting the table for Tim Anderson, but the White Sox shortstop had a rare off night as he grounded out to third base and was held hitless. Joe Kelly took the ball in the eighth inning and was looking sharp, striking out the first two batters he faced, even pulling a timing trick a la Johnny Cueto by doing several mini squats before throwing the final pitch. But after that second strikeout, Kelly let out a very loud F-bomb caught by TV mics and was pulled out of the game nursing his left hamstring. He had to be replaced by Liam Hendricks, who was attempting a four-out save. He ended the eighth inning thanks to a nicely fielded grounder by Tim Anderson, who made the spinning throwout. In the ninth inning, Hendricks fell behind 3-0 to Bradley Jr., but battled back with two well-placed fastballs and benefited from another great defensive play by Yoan Mikata to stab Bradley Jr.'s hard-hit grounder, make a good enough throw towards first base, but it pulled Jose Abreu slightly off the bag. But Abreu applied the tag on Bradley Jr. before he reached first base on the throw. Hendricks proceeded to walk Enrique Hernandez on four straight pitches. So eight pitches in the ninth inning, and Hendricks threw six balls to bring the game-tying run to home plate. First batter was Rafael Devers, and Hendricks finally found some command in the strike zone and blew a 99-mile-per-hour fastball by Devers for the big strikeout. Now with two outs and having to face the red-hot J.D. Martinez, Hendricks started the at-bat with a slider for a sweeting strike. 
Martinez worked the count to 2-2 after laying off a similar slider and made Hendricks work to a full count on a good slider from Hendricks that just dropped slightly out of the zone. Martinez watched it go by for a ball, drawing the walk. Now the go-ahead run was batting in Xander Bogarts. On an inside fastball, Bogarts got jammed and hit a fly ball that was drifting to right field. Andrew Vaughn was making his way to complete the catch and ending the game, but for some reason, Josh Harrison was still chasing that pop-up and bumped into Vaughn. Good news... Vaughn made the catch, ending the game and securing the White Sox victory. Have no idea why Josh Harrison was all the way out in right field and running into Andrew Vaughn, but alas, the White Sox won 3-1. Liam Hendricks picks up his 10th save of the season. Jose Abreu had another good night of the plate, going 1-for-2 with that double and drawing two walks. Andrew Vaughn was 1-for-4. Reese McGuire was 1-for-2 with the walk, and he's being more productive offensively in the last couple of games. The White Sox are now 22-21 and 21 on the season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tonight at 7.10 p.m. Central Time will conclude the season series between the Sox teams. On the mound for the White Sox will be Dallas Keuchel. After strong starts against the Red Sox and Yankees at home, Keuchel gave up a grand slam to DJ LeMahieu early in his last start at the Bronx to get chased out of that game, and his job status with the White Sox is in jeopardy. Lance Lynn will be making his rehab starts in Charlotte starting this weekend. He says that he needs three starts to ramp up, or 15 days. That puts Lynn on pace to join the White Sox around June 12th, which would be a Sunday start against his old team, the Texas Rangers. Tony LaRusso was asked about having a six-man rotation when Lynn returns, and LaRusso made it clear he would not entertain the notion of a six-man rotation. With how well Johnny Cueto has been throwing, Keuchel is now pitching for his job with the White Sox in the next two weeks. Xander Bogarts has the best success against Keuchel as he's hitting 357 in his career with one homer and three RBIs. For the Red Sox, it will be Michael Waka on the mound who is sporting a season ERA of just 1.76 as he's 3-0 on the season. However, the White Sox do have some hitters with previous success against Waka. 
Jose Bray is 3 for 9 with 2 RBIs. AJ Pollock is 5 for 11 with a home run and 5 RBIs. And Yoan Makata is 3 for 6 with a homer and 4 RBIs against Waka. Hopefully those three are in the lineup tonight and continue to produce at that level against Waka. You can watch the game on NBC Sports Chicago or listen on the radio at ESPN 1000 AM. Down on the farm, the Charlotte Knights had a tough loss at Durham, losing 1-0. The Bulls scored the game's only run in the second inning, which was a solo home run, as the Knights had six hits and three walks but couldn't find a way to score. Yobert Sanchez, who played shortstop for the first time at AAA, went 2-for-4. Adam Hazley also went 2-for-4 with two stolen bases. Danny Mendick and Blake Rutherford picked up the other base hits. Jimmy Lambert made his return to the Knights rotation, only pitching two innings, but racked up four strikeouts, allowing two hits, with one of them being that home run. The Knights are now 16-28. and 28. The Birmingham Barons allowed six runs in the first inning, but they scored four in the top of the fifth inning to make it interesting, but couldn't complete the comeback, losing 7-5 to the Chattanooga Lookouts. Sean Burke was the pitcher roughed up early, only lasting two-thirds of an inning, allowing two hits, six runs. Only one of those six runs was earned, walking three and striking out one. Jose Rodriguez hit a triple and drove in three runs. Lenin Sosa went one for four with two RBIs. The Barons are 15-26. and 26. Winston-Salem Dash were up 3-1 against the Hickory Crawdads entering the ninth inning and blew the game wide open, scoring six runs on their way to a 9-2 victory. Duke Ellis hit his fourth home run of the season. Oscar Colas was 0-5 but had an RBI. Adam Hackenberg was 3-5. Brian Ramos went 1-5 and Luis Macias was 2-5. The Dash are 20-21 on the season. The Canapolis Cannonballers... Did not have a good night. They were blown out by the Carolina Mudcats 13 to nothing. The Cannonballers only mustered four hits on the day, with DJ Gladney picking up two of those hits. Around Major League Baseball, the Detroit Tigers did a big favor for the White Sox. Down two to nothing to the Minnesota Twins, the Tigers rallied back to tie the game in the eighth inning, scored two runs in the top of the tenth inning to win four to two. That win snapped the Minnesota Twins six game winning streak. The Houston Astros won a pitcher's duel over the Cleveland Guardians 2-1. The Guardians fall to 18-22 on the season, so there's a gap between them and the White Sox for second place. Atlanta Braves are inching their way back to 500, beating the Philadelphia Phillies 8-4. The Baltimore Orioles continue to play the New York Yankees tough, but the Bronx Bombers did enough to win 2-0. The Tampa Bay Rays scored five runs in the first inning, and that's all they needed as they hold off the Miami Marlins in the Battle of Florida, winning 5-4. The Milwaukee Brewers won a tight one in San Diego, scoring two runs in the seventh inning to win 2-1. The Oakland A's are now ahead of the Seattle Mariners in the American League West standings, beating them 4-2. The Mariners were my pick to win the West, but they are 18-27 to start 2022. Come on, Seattle. The Washington Nationals blanked the Los Angeles Dodgers one to nothing. The New York Mets, for the first time in 2022, lose back-to-back games as Jock Peterson, Evan Lagoria power the Giants to a 9-3 victory. 
That will do it for today's White Sox wake-up call. Later tonight, we'll be streaming Sox Machine live on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Sox Machine. If you just discovered Sox Machine or have been a long-time lurker, help support us on patreon.com slash Sox Machine. Our Patreon supporters receive exclusive content, ad-free versions of the podcast and website, first opportunity to receive our Sox Machine swag. Monthly plans start at just $2 a month, and you can save with an annual subscription. Again, the website is patreon.com slash Machine. Subscribe to the Sox Machine podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Sox Machine, and follow me on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. Thanks for listening to the White Sox Wake Up Call. Have a wonderful Thursday. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Josh Nelson. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.